0: The thing that I felt like I was learning in in my growing and being in shows and doing all the things is the places that I would go, the shows that I would do, I was way more effective in places where there were unchurched people. I think there's something to be said about the fact that we are meant to be empowered in our communities and then sent out to the world.
1: Hello friends, thanks for joining me for the first official episode of the Holy Creativity Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Biedenbach, and I have the pleasure of introducing you to some incredible creators who are very intentional about the ways in which their faith impacts their work so their work might impact the world. My hope is that these conversations would inspire you to explore that sacred space where your faith meets your inner creative to discover the unique ways in which you can make a difference in the world around you. Today, I'm talking with Tiffany Bird Harrison, a video creator who thrives in the realm of digital storytelling. She's also the co-founder of True Fam Media, whose mission is to help Christian YouTubers create engaging content by offering video education, accountability, and small group coaching. But that wasn't always Tiffany's dream. She started her career in musical theater and says that even then, she had a desire to integrate her faith with her onstage performance. We'll get more into Tiffany's story in just a moment, but first, I want to invite you to consider the possibility of being a future guest on this podcast. I'll share how to pursue that opportunity at the end of this episode, so stick around to find out more. Now, let's jump into this conversation with Tiffany Bird-Harrison. Welcome, Tiffany Bird-Harrison. I'm so glad you could join me today for this episode.
0: I'm so excited to be here, Brian. It's, it's really cool. Holy creativity. Like, Who knew?
1: Who that this knew? is going to
0: be a thing. I'm excited.
1: Yeah. So, this was a uh, kind of an idea that actually got spurred on by some conversations with you and some others as I got thinking about how I got involved in some creative work uh, through video, through YouTube, and through some podcasting. And so, I'm just mm-hmm. excited that you get to be one of the first guests on this show. Yes.
0: So. What a privilege. And I, I didn't know that. I didn't know that you were spurned on by a conversation. So, I'm, I'm very curious what you're going to ask today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, before we jump too far into my questions, share a little bit about who you are and kind of what makes you you.
0: Well, I actually was born into a family that we grew up in northern Virginia, right outside of Washington, D.C., Um, And yes, I've been to D.C. hundreds of times and I've stayed in D.C. And so I was in a place where there was a lot of art and things around that I could go and visit. Um, But to be perfectly honest, when I was growing up, I grew up in a single parent home. My mom was very much uh, a hard worker. She made sure that we had food on the table. She made sure that me and my sister were taken care of. And so the artistic things that that I was interested in, I should say, she she wasn't aware of in the very beginnings and it wasn't because I wasn't acting a fool early on because I was I was very (laughs) lively and very talkative very much like I am now very extroverted but I did you get in
1: trouble a lot
0: I did I was one of those kids that was like you would always get the report cards and they'd be like yeah Tiffany's great she just talks a lot like through our (laughs) lessons Um, But I I think what my mom realized very early, which I always credit her for, is she recognized that I had something to say from an early age. She recognized that she wanted to teach me to speak and advocate for myself and for others because she wasn't going to always be around. So I think it's so interesting how when I was growing up and, and as far as who I am now, a lot of the thread through my life has been Um, having something to say, not just anything, not just talking, but like being intentional about what I share. So that's been a big part of my life. And it kind of took me into uh, theater and musical theater. And that's really where I kind of grew in that gift, Uh, communicating and being on stage and making sure you get heard in the back of the house. Um, (laughs) Those were some of the things that, that really made me me. So I think if I were to answer that question completely, it would be, you know, I am bubbly and bold and lively, and I enjoy speaking life over other people, Um, and that always comes through, whether it be theater or or music or videos, that's really what I'm interested in.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I I can attest to that, you know, we... (laughs) We uh, have not connected a whole lot, but we've had uh, moments where I've asked you questions through Facebook and through sure. the True Fam Media that you're a part of now that we'll talk about here in a little bit. Tiffany, what are some of the things that are happening in your life right now?
0: I'm actually working as a digital media coordinator, which is just a fancy way of saying that I'm helping with social media and visuals and video um, for a small church here in, in Georgia. And it's been really Really fun. It's a brand new thing for me. Um, I've never been in this position, but it's it's actually very exciting. Like it's exciting to see how the church and how the body of Christ is really trying to catch up with this, you know, social media everything. And so I'm kind of bridging that gap for this small church. So that's what I'm up to pretty much what I'm up to now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Super cool. I want to back up a little bit in your story sure. um, because, you know, here at Holy Creativity, we want to talk about kind of how our faith impacts our, our work, specifically the creative things that we're into. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a little bit about kind of your backstory. You shared already a little bit about your mom noticing some of these things that you were into and, yep. you know, the excitement. Uh, we'll say excitement and not um, <laughs> incredibly talkative all the time. That's right. Um, but, uh, you know, you got into theater. You've mentioned that, some musical theater potentially. Tell us a little bit about that journey, how you got involved in it, when you started maybe even recognizing mm-hmm. some of these talents and gifts in yourself.
0: Yeah, um, I was definitely one of those kids that was very inspired by anything on stage. So even being younger and kind of growing up in this single parent home, I didn't have every single experience available to me. But I did have the experience of plays. My mother was very big on like, we are going to all the plays. If they come to the city, we're going to them. And so I remember seeing The Nutcracker when I was young. And I remember seeing um, just different musicals that would come through. And it always took my attention. Uh, But the thing that got my my attention the most, I think, was like gospel plays, right? Plays about... Yeah. About like biblical themes or or anything like that, which is really fascinating because it's very full circle in my life. Um, And so I was I was really interested in that. My mother noticed right away. And even though I couldn't necessarily go to dance classes or voice lessons, It didn't keep me from trying. So I was at home practicing along with things that I saw on TV. (laughs) Um, And I was very, uh, I I got very much noticed for it when I was in elementary school. And I remember there were teachers that would say, you know, we gotta put her in something, give her energy somewhere to go. So they started asking me to do MC things. So I was MCing like talent shows when I was in probably fifth and sixth grade. And then I had a mentor in sixth grade that said, you should do Oratory speaking, you should do oratorical competitions. And so I started doing public speaking competitions and speech things. And that was really where I think I noticed that, um, you know, the charisma and the noise and the being lively wasn't just, you know, the purpose of like for myself or for being fun, but it was for other people. And so the idea being that you get a topic and then you tell you you have to make a speech on it. And I remember actually, Brian, this is a great, great story. I actually had a speech that I had written about Martin Luther King and I was supposed to go and, you know, present it. And I forgot my speech halfway through. Oh, no. It was it was you imagine in my own mind, I'm like and I'm on this big screen. It's like it's like the last final, you know, leg of this competition. And I'm on this big screen and I'm froze. I cannot remember this thing oh no and in that moment it felt like probably 10 years it really probably was only about 10 seconds but it felt so long Sure. and it finally i said you know what i'm going to make it up and that's what i did i just (laughs) improvised the rest of my speech i just came right like i went from silence to you know martin luther king like just started talking and i remember when i got off stage (laughs) You know, the only people that knew that I'd forgotten was probably my my mentor and my mom. But but everybody else that was there was like, wow, you did such a great job. And I'm like mortified. I hope I didn't say anything historically inaccurate about Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> like, good God. But literally, that was that was the moment that I realized that if I wasn't afraid to like forget something in the middle, I think I can do this. Like, I think I can speak publicly and encourage people at the same time. I think that was the yeah. first time that I really noticed it where I realized, wow, I'm not scared to like fail on stage. All right, I think I can do this. I think I can keep going.
1: Okay, okay. So where you started, you said you got opportunities to MC events and things like that. Did you ever wanna be part of the talent show and not just MCing the talent show? Did you have that, like yes. kind of that wrestle in yourself?
0: I did, I did. And I, I tried a couple of talent shows and I actually failed miserably. In okay. Uh the yeah. kind of failures like, you know, the music skips and I can't sing a cappella or I crack on a final note. Sure. Those types yeah. of failures. I had a I have several memories like that. And what's crazy is that like the emceeing was a way to still be a part of the action without feeling that pressure of performing. Yeah. Which I think is a theme that comes up again and again in my life where it's funny, I got into musical theater later. I went to I actually went to school for um, acting like that was my degree. I got a BFA from Virginia Commonwealth University in theater performance. And that was something that was really interesting was this difference between being a presentational personality and just being me in character. Sure. Um, so those, so I think that was a big part of that is that, yeah, I did want to be a part of it, but I did feel less pressure and I felt more comfortable, um, kind of encouraging other people or empowering other people to be a part of it, which is fascinating, truly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, and you recognize that early on.
0: I did. I did. I was, I had that inside thought where I was like, Huh. I do like this space where I can like empower the young people to get out as if I wasn't a young person. (laughs) I was kind of an old soul. So I think I always saw things that way. Like I want to help other young people get this.
1: So that sounds like you are pretty self-aware early on about kind of what I love to do, what I'm gifted in, and how I can use this talent and this ability to even help others. And that's that's pretty fascinating. You know, I totally respect that. I think for me, I've always had that desire to help and empower mm. and encourage people. But for me, it's the other side of it, the creative side of me that I kind of suppressed. Like I was like, mm. these are things I want to do, but that's not for me that's for these people that i'm trying to you know encourage and lift up and help and learn from you know so it's fascinating to hear you kind of say like i had the gifts and the talents but i actually wanted to use those to help other people tell me a little bit about your experience at uh with your fine arts degree your theater performance degree sure. were there any shows that you just loved to be a part of that you loved that you were in
0: yeah yeah oh my gosh are there are any shows there's so many great ones um <laughs> When I was in college, I remember doing, uh, you know, a couple bit parts here and there. But my big break right in college when I got my big show was a show called Avenue Q. If any of your listeners are aware of the Broadway, it is a very um, let's say it's a very adult puppet show. Let's say it that way. And and when you're in college, you pretty much do whatever they give you. So it's not sure. for children. Don't try to take your kids to Avenue Q, please. If you're listening, um, but I played the character Gary Coleman, who is who you think of, Gary Coleman, the actor who has yeah. passed away now from the the show Different Strokes, um, yeah. which was hysterical because I am a good five foot eleven inches, and Gary Coleman is four eleven, maybe four. He's <laughs> very short. So the whole bit, the whole bit is that it's ridiculous because it's both somebody who's not that size and also a woman. And right. um, But it's an it's a really funny, fun show. And so I I did that. And then once I left college, I really came into that place of like, am I going to do shows that are secular? Am I going to do shows that are Christian? Is there such a thing as secular and Christian shows? So I really had to start thinking about what do the roles that I take, like, what does that say about my faith about my god and my savior like am i representing him well yeah so that led me from college to go and work at a place called sight and sound theaters which some people may know it's um they call it the biblical broadway it is okay in there's a version in lancaster there's also a huge one in um uh branson missouri and i did the show moses there Okay. And I was, uh, it's a huge show. I mean, you, you're talking Red Sea, you're talking, you know, plagues. I mean, it's a yeah. massive show, a massive spectacle, um, a, a, a stage of three different football fields. Like it's so massive and it wow. was a, an amazing contract to be a part of. And so I was there for a little over a year, uh, working on that okay. show.
1: Okay. Was that in and Pennsylvania or was that in Branson? Which that was in Pennsylvania. At? Yeah. Okay. It was an
0: Amish country for a good, okay. yeah, 14 months. and. Um, it was an incredible experience, it really was. But it, it showed me that there was a place for actors of faith to really like live this thing out. Um, maybe not in biblical Broadway sense, but just, sure. just to live this out, like truly be about God and also be about theater and the performing arts. And so, yeah, I, that's, those are probably like my big ones. Another couple of shows that I love, Sister Act the musical. If you guys have ever okay. seen the movie, I played yeah. Dolores and- um, okay. Maybe Brian, I'll show you a couple of clips from it. Maybe yeah. if you're nice sometime, but
1: yeah. ridiculous
0: and hilarious. And, and just, I bet that a was dream. a fun one. Oh my gosh. It was so much me in a habit. Just think <laughs> me as a nun. Okay. Okay. Ridiculous. Um, right. <laughs> but it was, it was, it was a blast. And every single show that I've gotten to do and had the privilege of doing has always been like bigger than the next one. And I'm always just like, wow, sure. how much further can we go? And even the movie In the Heights that just came out, I played in a musical version of In the Heights okay. as uh, Vanessa and like the, just different things that I've gotten to do. And like, I don't know, it's, it's amazing how much of a pinnacle that felt like for my career. And yet God kind of changed my whole direction, yeah. uh, you know, once the pandemic happens. So.
1: Yeah, yeah. I want to get into that a little bit, too. But let's uh, let's jump into your faith story. Yeah, uh, because you're already talking about how the two have kind of intertwined in your life and how you've wrestled through, can I do this? Can I explore my gifts and my talents and still, you know, live out my faith and be honoring to my God and my Lord, right? Yeah. Um so tell us, share a little bit of your faith story.
0: Yeah, um my faith story is definitely it feels like it's just always been and always was. Um in the sense that when I was growing up, my mother had us in church, you know, much like most people were in church every week and uh, we're diligent about going to Bible study and worship rehearsal. And I think what was really interesting about growing up, I grew up in a non-denominational church and I actually went to a play. I went to a play. It was one of those plays in the 90s. Brian, if you remember, like they had those evangelical kind of like. I don't even know if they call them missionary plays, but they were plays that would travel around. And the whole purpose was to bring people to Jesus. That was the whole uh-huh. point of the play. Yep. Yep.
1: But I some have of one them, particular one in mind that
0: I think it's the one you're thinking of. Is it? Is it what was it? It was like Heaven's, Heaven's Gate, Hell's, Hell's Flames. Flames? Yeah, yes.
1: <laughs> that was it. One. That was the one.
0: That's the one. Yep. Okay. That was the one. And I mean, we can talk a little bit about the problematic nature of some of those things. But right? Um, I went to that play and what I think is so amazing is that I was so taken by the visuals, um, by the scenarios. Cause the whole play is set up. If you guys don't know, the whole play is set up where it's different scenarios of people's lives, just snapshots of their life. And they make a choice, they make a decision. And it seems like that one momentary decision either sends them to heaven's gates or hell's place. Right. right. So there's this very, like very literal dichotomy between the decisions that we make and where we go once we die. Um, we obviously know, Brian, that that's not, that's not as cut and dry sure, as that, yep. but at that moment, I was probably eight years old, and it took me, I mean, it really did, and there was one specific scenario in it where there was a mother and a daughter, mm. and the daughter really wanted to go to church, and the mother said, I'm too busy, too busy to go to church, they're sitting on a park bench, they go to cross the street, and there's a bus that comes.
1: These were awful and scenarios. They wake up.
0: <laughs> I know!
1: That's one I, I remember know. too.
0: That one I remember, and it was probably the last one. But I, I say it to say, I think that there's something so powerful about it because, as I said, my mother was very integral in my life, being really my only caretaker, and so that scenario directly connected to my own yeah. life, where I thought, no way, no way in heaven, am I going to be separated from my family and from my friends um, because of my decisions? And that that awareness that we talked about before, I had it, and immediate, I believe, it was the Holy Spirit truly. Yeah. I immediately went down to the front. My mom literally looked up. She said she didn't even know where I was. I had <laughs> left my chair, was down at the front getting prayed for, and she said she was concerned because she didn't know if I really understood what I was right. signing up for at such a yeah. young age. And she said she went to the the ministers afterwards and said, "Does she even know like what she's thinking or what she's And they said she knows. She's very aware yeah. of what she's deciding to do." Um so that was a little bit of the of the initial conversion story. And then as I grew, Everything, every time I looked up, it felt like I was stumbling into things that were godly. I wasn't necessarily trying that hard. Okay. It just felt like every turn, every time there was something that should have destroyed who I was, um, God would redeem mm. it. You know, um, for example, my father, I, I don't have a real relationship with my biological father. And it's not because of, he's a bad man or anything like that, but because um, when we were growing up, he just, he did not have that desire to have a relationship with me. He was struggling with other, you know, other things that he was dealing with, addictions Mm -hmm. and and whatnot. And so as I grew, the guilt that he had kept him from having a relationship with me. And at the same time, I would look to God and people would say, oh man, I'm so sorry about your dad and like not having that relationship. And I was like, no, it's all right. I do have a father. (laughs) It's just a spiritual father yeah. that may, you know, be in that stead. And it's just, so it's an amazing thing because it really, um, knowing God that early, I think really helped me to filter through issues that a lot of kids around me were having, and they had turned into statistics and I hadn't. Yeah, And I, I truly believe that was a God intervention. I don't think it's cause I, you know, had a better upbringing or anything. I think it's truly cause God was like, Hey, we're not going that direction. You know me, so we're going to go this direction.
1: Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying this interview so far. There's so much more to come in the second half that you won't want to miss, so don't go anywhere. But I did want to break in for just a moment and share a couple of opportunities that I have for you. The first is for those of you who might consider being a guest on a future episode of the Holy Creativity Podcast. And the way to start that process is simply to fill out the guest request form. You'll find a link in the show notes to complete that form, letting me know a little about yourself, your story, and where I can find you online. If you're a creator of any kind and willing to talk about the ways your faith impacts your work and your work impacts the world, I'd love to hear from you. The second opportunity is one to give to support the work I'm doing here on this podcast and on my YouTube channel, Practically Biblical. As you know, this podcast is just getting started with a short first season of only five episodes, and I'd love to continue to introduce you to many more incredible creators in the months and years to come. So if you like what you're hearing and are interested in supporting these projects, I'd invite you to simply buy me a coffee. Now, that's not a literal coffee, though. I'd be down for that as well. This is a virtual coffee that will go towards helping me continue to produce the kinds of content you're listening to right now. If you're interested in doing so, you'll find a link to that in the show notes as well. Now, let's get back to the interview. One of the things you said earlier that I wanted to kind of follow up on too, you talked about what kind of roles would I take? Is there a separation between, will I take secular roles or is there such a thing between secular roles and Christian roles? And I wanted to go there because I think, you know, when I grew up and maybe it was kind of the same for you is there was always a separation, right? There was secular music and there was Christian music. There were secular, Mm -hmm. you know, Media and there was Christian media. And I think to some yep. extent that's still the case. But one of the things that I've always been intrigued by is recognizing that there doesn't have to be this separation. And actually, there probably shouldn't be this separation that, you know, if we are talented in any field as a Christian, mm. or, t- you know, whether that's on the stage or whether that's, you know, working with numbers as an accountant, right? Like, Mm -hmm. why would we circle up with other Christians only and say, this is what I'm going to give myself to when we can take our talents, we can impact the world and we can influence people in that direction that doesn't scare them from being hit by a bus, right? Right. Uh, (laughs) So... Talk about how you've reconciled those two. That I don't have to mm. be a Christian in a Christian world. I can be a Christian in a secular world and influence and impact the people around me.
0: Yeah. You just uh I feel like you just you just preached a little bit on this I podcast. I have a tendency Brian. to do I have that. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you better preach. I, I think that's exactly what it is. I think it's the desire. We have gotten into this place in our world, right, where everything is divided. There's a very hard line on everything right. that you do um, until there isn't anymore. And I, I think the, the thing that I felt like I was learning in, in my growing and being in shows and doing all the things is the places that I would go, the shows that I would do, I was way more effective in places where there were unchurched people. Mm. And it's not because that church people don't need to hear and know that God is real and true. And we need to be reminded of that, of course. But I realized very quickly, as it says in scripture, like you're typically rejected from those that are closest to you. And I think that something that I and that's not to, to speak bad about Christians, but I think there's something to be said about the fact that we are meant to be empowered in our communities and then sent out to the world. Right. That is what Jesus was all about. That is what the Great Commission is all about. So I, I'm with you. I started to discover that there was that that separation doesn't truly exist. There's no like holy. Here's the line of holy. And here's the line of secular, because then you remove the opportunity for the Holy Spirit to lead. And so I started to be led, you know, if we say that, then we're saying that the Holy Spirit can't lead someone into wilderness, and that's not true. We know that he can do that. So I was led into spaces that were incredibly dark. And there were times that I would say, man, this is uncomfortable, I don't wanna be here, I don't feel productive here, I I feel like, you know, my light's under a bushel, if you will, I just don't, I don't feel comfortable here. And there were times that God was like, listen, this is not about you. right it's not about how you feel truly this is about these people and how you can serve them just by being here i to be honest with you brian the the times that i noticed the most impact on folks around me i didn't have to say a scripture right i never had to say the name of jesus necessarily it was the times where i was just steadfast and consistent and people would go what is that that you holding on to over there. And that's what I believe that we're supposed to be doing. So I agree with you a hundred percent. There is no divide between the secular and the holy it's in you, right? Are right. you secular? Are you holy? Are you worldly? Are you godly? I think that's really what we should be more focused on. So I can say with confidence that what God's been working on with me is routing out those dark spaces versus trying to go out in the world and like make everybody else, you know, light. No, no, no. He's dealing with me. Right. So that's really, that's really where I've, I've learned that piece. Yeah. Of
1: it. Wow. That's, I think you're preaching now, Tiffany. That's <laughs> uh fantastic to hear that. I think, you know, there's one thing yeah. that we talk about a lot in my workplaces. Uh, we call it three story and it's about how my story and God's story connect and how that mm. naturally should impact and influence the stories of the people around me. Right. Um, and you nailed Amen. it. Like it's, it's about us spending time with our creator, right? It's about that abiding relationship. And as we abide more in him, you know, that will be seen and that will be felt and that will be recognized in the context of all of our other relationships, whether that's, you know, sitting across the table, having a cup of coffee with a friend, or whether that's on stage Mm -hmm. doing musical theater, maybe not by the audience, but maybe by, you know, (laughs) your other, uh, Actors and actresses that are in the show with you that you're spending all your time with, right? That they're going to see that in you. And I also, you know, it's cool to hear you talk about the fact that I felt most effective in the places where I wasn't with Christians, right? Um, So, a little bit Mm -hmm. of my story, and this is not about me, this is about your story right now, but a little bit of my story is um, you and I connected first through YouTube because about a year and a half ago, I started a channel, but part of my reason for being on the platform is number one, I wanted to learn the platform. Cause I think it's, you know, there's potential for ministry, you know, like crazy there that we're not yeah. exploring, I think in general. Um, but number two was, I felt kind of that same thing. I had an opportunity to do a couple weddings. I had an opportunity to preach at a church that had, you know, it's a small church and it doubled in size the Sunday I was preaching, mm. not because of me, but because one of the women in the church was, it was her 92nd birthday. Oh, wow. And all she asked for for her birthday was for her her entire family to come to church with her because they don't normally go to church. Um, And it was fascinating to hear people who don't normally come in church come and talk to me afterwards and go, I've never heard that before. Mm. And at these weddings where, you know, it's predominantly an unchurched family Mm -hmm. and the father of the bride come up and say, you're a preacher I think I could listen to. Um, And I thought... Maybe there's an opportunity here that I'm keeping myself in these Christian circles, in these Christian bubbles Mm. too much. And maybe I need to break out of that a little bit and try something new and get to some places where, you know, I'm not looking for the pat on the back anymore. I'm Mm. looking for the conversation afterwards, right? With those who don't know Jesus yet. So anyway, enough about my story. I want to talk about what you're doing right now. So you are a co-founder of True Fam Media, Mm -hmm. who helps Christian content creators create better content and talk a little bit about how that came to be and then tell us a little bit of what True Fan Media is.
0: Man, True Fan Media is evolving, as you know, Brian, and you're kind of witnessing. It's really just becoming. Um, So how True Fan Media started is really hilarious. Um, I actually had another production company, if you will. That's kind of what I did after theater. I started picking up a camera and I said, okay, I'm gonna start video people and I'll, I'll help actors with their audition tapes and, and things sure. like that. I'll, I'll edit people's videos. And um, I had another company called Asa Crave Studios and it was, it was really a desire to kind of just do something different. I had zero idea that COVID was coming down the pike. <laughs> Zero idea. Did not know. Did not. I didn't get any. You, didn't get, the
1: memo. Didn't. you didn't get the memo. I didn't. I did not uh, know. So me. I had
0: just done my last show. <laughs> I just done my last play and I was like, oh, I'll do some video stuff. And I started doing video things and people were like, when are you coming back to the stage? And I was like, "Ah, I'll get to it when God, you know, leads me back. <laughs> well, I did not get to it because then the entire world shut down. And what I think is the most incredible thing, Brian, is that my desire with Asa Crave and, and with that period of life was community. I just wanted other friends that were doing yeah. creative things. It, it wasn't even deep. It wasn't profound. I just desired to be in a creative community. At the time, I didn't know that I would be a YouTuber. I made one video. I thought it was pretty snazzy. And I was like, well, <laughs> let me keep trying to make this thing a thing. So it's like I, I jumped in and I said, I'm going to make a YouTube video. Then I'll make another and another. But I didn't have a plan. I didn't have any idea what I was doing. I joined a, a community, a YouTube community, one of those you know groups that you, you pay for training, you pay for resources, just to kind of learn a little bit more about what content creation was all about. I loved yeah. it. And then I saw that in the group, it was like a mega church versus yeah. a small church. So, the mega church I mean, this group had thousands of people in it. Nobody was getting their questions answered, nobody was really talking. Everyone was frustrated. And I was like, this cannot be the only way we do it. So, I started doing this thing where I started messaging people. Uh, DMing them. If I saw their stuff on a, on a comment thread, not creepy. I wasn't, I wasn't. hopefully I wasn't creepy.
1: <laughs> you weren't but stalking.
0: I wasn't stalking, but I would see them comment and I would say, man, I would love to connect with them. Some people responded, some people didn't. And um, a couple of people that responded, I said, hey, would you be interested in being in an accountability group with me where we could grow on YouTube and just help each other? You know, you can watch my videos. And, and I'm very used to that, Brian. I'm very used to Uh, A casting director looking at me and saying, hey, you're not right for this role or whatever. Just being really harsh. I'm thinking, let's take that formula, make it a little nicer and let's meet on a virtual platform. And the people that responded were other believers which I thought was interesting. I didn't necessarily plan that, but it just happened yeah. that way. And the first person that I reached out to was a man named Chris Lewis. And I, I was really excited about connecting with him because his content was fire. And I was like, listen, I need to know you and I need you to teach me what you know. Sure. And um, I didn't know back then, but he said that he was incredibly intimidated by this message because like, <laughs> he's like, I saw your content and I was like, who is this and what are we doing? So we both were impressed by the other. But I truly believe it was a God thing because then I messaged yeah. him. I said, let's do a video together if you're open. And he was open. And literally from that point, from the accountability group and these three other creators, uh, we started a, a group, a collective. And that is what True Fam Media basically started out of. It was just Christian content creators who wanted to stop seeing, you know, crappy Christian content. I wanted to see good stuff. Yeah. And um, that's really where it began. So now TrueFam is really evolving into this entire accountability program for Christian content creators. We are focused on people who are on YouTube for the most part, um, but we'd love to expand into even further reaches of media. But right now our focus is how can we get constructive criticism to be a part of the daily appetite, a part of the daily menu for creators? Um, we don't really jump at the chance to have someone tell us if something's good or bad, but we want to change that. We want to change how people see feedback and how they see constructive criticism and how they see ironing, sharpening iron and it not being a a dirty thing.
1: Yeah, no, that's, it's been great. Um, Yeah. You know, being a part of that community myself, it's been fantastic to uh, just learn from one another to, to offer myself up and say, I need feedback on this, you know, a lot of times you think what you're doing is really great. And then you hear like, <laughs> it's great, but who are you reaching? Like who is your audience right. here? Like helps help me dial that in. But then to be able to speak into the lives of others and go, Hey, you've got something really phenomenal here. If you up the quality of this, like more yeah. people would see this, more people would hear it. Um, so that's been fun to hear, uh, to be a part of and to hear kind of how that came to be. One of the, one thing you said just now that I wanted to, I was going to ask about anyway, is I I feel like we've, you know, in the Christian world,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I, when I was in college, I worked at a, a Christian bookstore and I just, I couldn't wait for the chance to work in the music department, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> and I kind of bounced around the store, but the music department is where I wanted to be. And we had this sign in the store that I remember that said, if you like this artist, the secular artist, you'll like this artist. Yep, yep. (laughs) And it was a total lie. Like I thought, yeah, maybe the one song kind of sounds like that, but this is kind of a cheap knockoff, right? right? Right, This is Christian creators, musicians trying to sound like someone else, and it was never the same quality. And so I think a lot of times we feel, and I'll put myself in this boat, I'm not accusing anybody else of this, but Mm -hmm. for a long time in my life, I felt like because I'm a Christian and I'm creating content, whether that's, you know, it wasn't video content for a long time, it was, you know, speaking to youth groups or, you know, doing, doing other things going, because I'm a Christian, this should be good and you should be happy with this. And didn't necessarily pour myself into the craft to make it what it really could have and should have been. Hmm. Um, And so that's what I love about true Fan media is that you're coming alongside Christian creators that do that. Like we're tired of I'm doing this and it should be good because I'm following Jesus and you should like it. It should be good because it should be good. And I, if I have this talent, I need to, need to dive into it and I need to hone my skill and I need to hone my craft and there's people waiting for it. Right. Yeah. Um, so I love that you guys are doing that. Tell me a little bit about some of the, the wins that you've seen along the way since you started, because this is kind of just getting off the ground right now, right?
0: Yes, yes. And, and I just have to say what you just said, I need that clip to be clipped out and like played everywhere because that was a better promo than <laughs> I ever could have given. <laughs> um,
1: you got it. I'll send yeah, it to you. Yeah,
0: thank you. No, thank you. That's That means a lot. It's very humbling because um, it's very new. We just started in, in January of 2021. So we are we are brand new. And what I think is incredible about just The direction and where things are going. Some of the wins that I've seen have been when people like, you know, DM us or um, hit us on Instagram and they say, listen, what you're providing is accessible to me. Mm. That is huge because one of the things about social media, about YouTube, about video content and podcasting, like it can feel so far away. It can feel so expensive. It can feel so. Um, kind of detached from the Christian world, because the Christian worldview, we, we're really big on like, hey, we're making disciples. We'll do it by any means necessary. But when we talk about investing time and being skilled and being quality and being valuable, um, we don't always place the the emphasis on that. And so to have someone say, hey, you guys are accessible, like you're you're giving us I mean, that's been huge. One one particular thing that I saw was um, I had reached out to a young lady that was on Instagram and she had been following our content, hadn't really hadn't really seen her posting any videos. Um, yeah. So I just I reached out to her and I said, hey, you know, I've seen you posting and connecting with us, but I would love to know more about your channel because I don't see any videos new. And she messaged back. and She said, first of all, the fact that you even looked at my channel mm. is mind blowing because you don't know me, you don't owe me anything. Um, and then she said something to the effect of, uh, I'm going to make a video just because I know that you're looking, that you're watching. Uh. And that that's really the whole point, right, Brian, is that if you know someone is there for you and interested in what you're doing, that much more investment that you're going to have doing it. And right. that's really how we feel. It's like, there's not a lot of motivation just out in the air. You can't just pick motivation off the motivation tree and like take right. a bite. It's it, it comes and goes as we know with life and the highs and lows. But one thing that we see constantly as a win for the people that are involved, and even just people who are just like observing on the outskirts, is that they feel like if I want to, I would have a whole group of people behind me. If I yeah. want to, I could have an inner circle, I could have a set of disciples, or I could have people behind me. That's the idea is that we want people to feel that inclusivity and the exclusivity that mutually exists with the gospel. We want them to feel that at True Fam. We want them to feel like they are special because they are, but we also right. want them to feel like anyone who is willing to put in that time and that work and that effort with us as a community will get there.
1: It's been great. If you're out there and you're listening and you're on YouTube uh, and you're thinking about how do I make my content better, how do I Get involved in a community, True Fam would be a great place to go. And I love to hear you um, say that you want to expand into other areas of media eventually. And so maybe we can talk again someday about kind of how that's going. But what's one piece of advice maybe that someone gave you or you wish they had given you starting out in your career?
0: Yes. Oh, I, I know it. I know it. I do. I know the one. My mother used to say, um, that you should not be afraid to celebrate other people that are winning because if they're winning and they're close to you, then it must be going to come around in that cycle. That's probably like a, like words to live by. Um, she's so wise, but that's like words to live by because I think about that a lot. We, t- we hear a lot about comparison. It's the thief of joy. And it's true. But I, I love that idea of celebrating other people as they win, even if it hasn't hit you yet, because that sowing and that reaping that seeing someone else grow doesn't mean that you won't. You know, right. and, and I so I'm really big on, on that, on celebrating other people, no matter where I am, I'm going to celebrate someone else that's growing and that's successful and that's doing well.
1: Tiffany, you've preached several times on this (laughs) podcast, and I think that was another one. Thank you for that. Sure. One last question, Tiffany. Where can we find Tiffany Bird Harrison on social media? Where can we find True Fam Media? Where are all of your outlets? Because I know people are going to be looking for you. They want to follow you, they want to be involved in True Fam. Tell us where we can find you.
0: Yeah, it's actually really easy. So, Tiffany Bird Harrison, my name, I'm both on YouTube and on Instagram under that, and then True Fam Media. I am on Instagram and YouTube with True Fam Media. So both handles are exactly easy to find.
1: Yeah. And Bird spelled with a Y, not B I R D. It's B Y R D. There yes, you go. Yes. Tiffany Bird Harrison all over socials and True <laughs> Fam Media all over socials as well. Tiffany, thanks for being here.
0: Thank you for having me, Brian. This has been a lot of fun.
1: I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation with Tiffany as much as I enjoyed having it in real time just a few weeks ago. There are so many other fascinating creators like Tiffany, and I can't wait to introduce them to you. So be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you prefer to listen. And since this is just getting started, it would be a tremendous blessing to me if you could leave a rating and a review of this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you may be listening right now. If you're interested in being a guest on this podcast and having your work featured, there's a link in the show notes to my guest request form. Click that link. Let me know a little about yourself, your work, and where I can find you online. Now, unfortunately, the truth is I won't be able to honor all requests since guest spots are limited, but I'd love to hear your story nonetheless and give as many of you as possible the opportunity to share it. That'll do it for this episode of Holy Creativity. I hope you found some inspiration in today's conversation to explore that sacred space where faith and creativity converge in your life. We'll talk soon.